Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Quality Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Barfield, and I run Asheville Capital Management. I'm very excited to share today's episode with you. We will be profiling Raxul, and we will be joined by Raxul's CEO, Yasukune Matsumoto. Before we get into the episode, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Stream by AlphaSense. Stream is an on-demand library of over 25,000 expert interview transcripts. Stream eliminates the time, money, and hassle that comes with conducting expert calls and interviews. My research strategy that I employ at Asheville Capital is focused on finding key qualitative data points that point to a business being competitively advantaged or not. Stream helps me execute this strategy in a practical way because they either already have dozens of calls on the company that interests me, or they are able to quickly source numerous experts for me that are well-qualified to answer my questions. In the six months that I've been using Stream, it has often served as a substitute for most of the podcasts that I used to listen to. The reason is because there seem to be more nuggets of helpful information in each of these calls that help me to better understand the topic or company that I'm interested in at that time. If you have conducted expert calls in the past and are looking for ways to better allocate your time and energy, then Stream might be a helpful addition to your toolkit. As always, this podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing presented here is intended to be investment advice. I highly encourage you to do your own research and draw your own conclusions, or to allocate your capital to an investment advisor who you compensate to act as your fiduciary. Lastly, none of the opinions expressed by myself or by podcast guests is a reflection of those of Asheville Capital Management or of the company being profiled. Yasukane's appearance in this episode does not reflect an endorsement for any of the research that is presented in the first half of the show. Today, we will be discussing Raxul, a company that is based out of Japan. Raxul operates two core businesses that seemingly are in totally different industries. The first business is a printing and offline advertisement platform. This business produces 85% of total gross profits, and in the most recent quarter, grew 52% year over year. The second business is a television commercial platform called Novacell, which was launched a few years ago and is now approaching 10% of total sales. Additionally, until recently, Raxul operated a third business called Hako Bell that operated as an Uber for trucks. Raxul recently divested this business and now owns a minority stake in Hako Bell after selling it to a company that was solely focused on logistics. I will hold off on explaining why this was done because Yasukune explains it later in our conversation. And lastly, there's a fourth business that is worth mentioning, Josis, a corporate IT product that Yasukune also explains during our conversation. For now, Let's focus on Raxul's printing segment, which is also titled Raxul. Raxul is a website that small businesses rely on for offline advertising. This includes printing of paper-based goods like flyers and brochures, but it also includes printing t-shirts and other miscellaneous items. Small and medium-sized businesses come to Raxul to use their online design tools and to place order for the items that they need. Raxul provides additional services like distribution as well. Sometimes a small business might want to distribute flyers to all of the mailboxes within one kilometer radius of that store's location. Other times, they might want to advertise a flyer in the local newspapers that are distributed only in the town that the store operates in. Raxul handles this type of distribution on behalf of the customer to help them create the best promotional material and also to physically distribute the items to the right people within only a few days from the date of purchase. Raxul has a very clean front-end user experience. But on the back end, they're automating a lot of complexity when it comes to order execution. Raxul was created in 2009 
by Yasukune Matsumoto after he worked as a consultant. He studied the printing industry and noticed that a lot of the commercial printing companies had excess idle time on their machines. These companies would run large printing projects for corporations on a seasonal basis. And in times of lower demand, these machines would often sit and gather dust. Small businesses in Japan didn't have access to design tools, and they couldn't afford to contract with these commercial printers either because their job sizes were not big enough for these commercial printers to earn any margin on them. Effectively, there was a crisis of illiquidity in this industry. There were small and medium-sized businesses in Japan who had a need, but they were unable to access cost-effective commercial-grade printing. On the other hand, there were the commercial-grade printing companies who had excessive idle time on their machines, but who were unable to increase their sales. Yasukune created Raxul to solve both of these problems. On the front end, Raxul created the design tools that allowed these small businesses to create flyers, business cards, envelopes, brochures, wrapping paper, just about anything that was paper-based. When orders were placed, Raxul would bundle these small orders up into larger orders and then send them along to the commercial printing companies. The size of these new larger orders allowed these commercial printing companies to increase their sales at a profitable margin. Additionally, there were layers of outsourced middlemen involved in every purchase order that Raxul was effectively eliminating, thereby making the cost to complete each order significantly lower, even for large-scale corporations, many of whom are now just as reliant on Raxul as the small businesses that this product was initially created for. You will hear in our conversation in a few minutes that the printing industry was an unsexy industry that people didn't want to be involved in. But Yasukune saw an opportunity to create value for both small businesses and for commercial-grade printing companies who were suffering as well. When he created Raxul, his mission statement was better systems, better world. And when he talks about this in our conversation, you can tell that he truly believes in Raxul's ability to create better lives for his customers through the utilization of the internet to create better systems for the people of Japan. This mission statement of better systems, better world led him to create additional business segments in which the same mental model applied. It is this reason why Novacell, Hakabel, and Josis are each in existence today. In each business segment, he noticed a problem that could be solved for through the thoughtful design of internet tools and applications. I think Novacell is the best example of this. Novacell is the TV commercial business segment and the only producer of meaningful revenues or gross profits at this time. Novacell is a TV commercial service that helps small, medium, and large businesses to create compelling digital marketing materials and to distribute to television network channels. It also provides an analytics engine that helps customers to measure the effectiveness of their campaigns across other historical campaigns in their industry. Raxul operates with a data advantage in this space and with a scale advantage because their target customer is the types of businesses that are already regular paying customers to Raxul for printing services. These customers already know and trust Raxul, and they allocate a large percentage of their marketing budget to Raxul already. It is a gradual adjacent market opportunity for Novacell to cross-sell into this customer base and gain a greater percentage of that marketing budget. It is especially compelling because Novacell is capable of cost-effectively handling distribution, and it has access to data analytics that nobody else is capable of matching at this time. Gross margin on the Novacell business is between 40 to 50%. It is the combination of advertising content creation and distribution revenues, which are low margin, and of software subscription revenues, which are high margin. Meanwhile, 
gross margins for the Raxul printing segment are in the high 20% range and approaching 30% due to the increased usage of value-added services like the distribution tools that I mentioned earlier and via their growth into the cardboard printing industry as well through a recent acquisition. Company-wide, Raxul will likely produce approximately 39 billion yen or 285 million US dollars of revenue this year and approximately 12 billion yen of gross profit. They have guided for approximately 6 to 7% of operating profit margin this year, or 2.5 billion yen. This doesn't sound like much, but when you consider that the entire invested capital in Raxul is 20 billion yen, or 145 million US dollars, then you will understand that this is a 13% return on capital. In other words, not bad for a company that only just hit its inflection point and in gaining operating leverage over its expenses. Now consider the growth opportunities ahead of Raxul. It is estimated that e-commerce penetration for online printing services is still between 0.5 to 3%. A similar dynamic has played out in Germany, and the penetration rate there is over 30%. Raxul continues to take market share in this industry for a variety of reasons discussed later in my conversation with Yasukune. A second lever for growth is the scaling of these adjacent business models. Novacell is gaining market share with both a first mover, a scale, and a data advantage, and Josis, although it is early, is producing 70-80% gross margins and likely to be a contributor to gross profits earlier in its life cycle. A third and final lever is also international expansion, where the Raxel team has identified a number of markets in Southeast Asia and India with similar problems and no known competitors. Raxel is investing in each of these levers through the organic expansion of business and through acquisition. They have stated that it is their goal to continue to grow gross profits organically at 20 to 30% for the next five years, while also producing 20% returns on equity. Now consider that statement, because it's not to be taken lightly. I consider the growth of gross profits plus the return on capital to be a helpful way to estimate the true growth of intrinsic value. Here we have a company that is articulating that they anticipate to grow gross profits north of 20%, while also producing a 20% return on equity. They could produce higher returns on equity, but they would rather use those proceeds to invest in their newer growth initiatives. But the point remains, you have a business that is growing at 20 to 30% organically, and which is producing larger and larger profits each year to continue to produce a 20% return on that increase in equity. For the fundamental investor, long-term value creation is a function of these two pillars working together. Revenue growth and return on investment. If those are both growing healthily, you enable a dual tailwind for the growth of intrinsic value. Now, just for fun, I thought it might be an interesting exercise to see how many companies achieve such a feat in the last five years. I screened for companies that have achieved at least 20% annual revenue growth in each of the last five years and who have produced a minimum of a 20% return on equity in those years. A grand total of 13 companies achieved such a feat. There are 67,000 companies that are publicly traded in the world today, and only 13 of them achieved in the last five years what Raxul is hoping to achieve in the next five years. Now, I am not here to opine on the probability that Raxul actually achieves that. I am simply stating the significance of the goal that Raxul believes is achievable. In fact, it probably doesn't even matter if Raxul achieves this or not, because even if they come close to achieving this, the rate of intrinsic value growth will put them in the top percentile of all publicly traded companies in the world. I'm going to pause here because it is hard to go beyond this part of the discussion without getting into things like 
valuation, or the probabilities associated with ranges of outcomes. Both are topics that I want to avoid. I hope that you will simply, like me, appreciate Raxul for what it is, a high-quality business model. Without further ado, I would like to transition to phase two of our study of Raxul. Please enjoy my conversation with Yasukine Matsumoto. I want to start out with a very high-level question. Some of my listeners are American investors who have never spent any time studying Japanese businesses. And I want to know how much you describe to them the ways in which the Japanese economy is similar and the ways in which it is different from the United States. It's a very difficult question. In terms of uh, cons- uh, we have a lot of similarity to Japan the um, US, especially all the industry, financial industries or um, the consumer goods. Let's think about from the perspective of starting a business, from maybe running a business, being an operator yourself, or maybe even particularly the internet economy in which Raxel operates in. Okay, okay. In terms of software, um, Japan and the United States are pretty different. What's different uh, is the U.S., um, there are so many uh, players, uh, I mean, competitors uh, in each of our uh, areas. And uh, our, so our usually it's one startup uh, focus on very tiny space. It's a laser focus in the uh, startup market. Uh, but in Japan, uh, the, um, as you know, uh, we are lack of uh, entrepreneurship and uh, we don't have so much our competitor in one space. And there are, um, a lot of company are, is expanding their uh, business line uh, to the other space because we're, you know, even though uh, we don't focus too much, uh, we can win uh, to the uh, one space because we're very high uh, language barriers. Non-Japanese speaker uh, is very difficult to uh, get into the market. So we are very protected uh, market. But in terms of business size, Japan is still number three GDP size. And uh, that means they generate a very rich cash. I think, you know, 50 or 100 million EBITDA company, uh, Japan is the best price in the world because we're uh, less competition and uh, big competitors. Um, but problem or challenge for Japanese uh, startup or is there a hit to this ceiling? The market size are, is uh, especially the software or internet service. Are, I feel that the market size is around 10, so 10% are compared to US. I feel that less smaller than California. So we need to expand our area to the next very early phase. So one thing we don't have a computer, it means that there even though the product level or technology is not so matured, uh, we can win our run our market. Uh, but the ceiling uh, is not so high, and uh, we need to prepare the expanding our visions right into other areas. So this is a um, big difference. What has you most optimistic about Japan in the coming decade? And also, what are some of your biggest concerns? Okay, very op- optimistic phenomenon are in Japan uh, is uh, the young people are don't want to join the uh, established company. It was happened in um, twenty years ago, ten years ago, or twenty years ago in US. Um, the same things are started to happen. So younger people are is very not so optimistic for their futures, and the, um, until then, the uh, traditional big cap, uh, corporate um, protect employee uh, for 30 years or 40 years. 
But the very younger people, um, th- their common sense has changed, getting more liberal, not spend their life to to the uh, corporate uh, or single company. So they think that their, their career, their lifestyle are is more important than corporate life. So um, they are looking for the place who were leasing their potential. So the uh, startup or is one place and the tech uh, or the non-Japanese company are this place they're looking for. And the the young are uh, the smart the smartest younger generation are uh University of Tokyo Tokyo students stop go to the, the Mitsubishi corporations or Goldman Sachs or McKinsey. They start to start up after they graduate. Mm. So that is our very um good symptoms. And their pessimistic point uh, is uh, connecting the global ecosystem. So uh, usually Japanese uh, people are is very shy and they're not you know socialized to the uh, non-Japanese, very homogenistic. This trend is not changed, even though the younger genera- the mindset of the younger generation has changed. So our ecosystem is uh, very separated from a uh, global. That is a, our one aspect uh, that makes a very high entry barriers and the, the market is protected. That is a good thing for the investors. I'd love to hear more about the culture, but maybe a little bit later, I think it would be a great place to start to hear a little bit more about the founding story of Raxul. What was the initial idea that led to creating this? I started my career 2008. It was the um, subprime shock has happened in that time. So in that time, I joined the AT Carney, the management consulting firm in Tokyo. And there, every project I engaged were cost-cutting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I engaged for a totally eight uh, cost-cutting project um, during my strategy consulting careers. And uh, it was a very boring job. At the same time, I'm very, I was very excited that uh, in Every project, the printing uh, was most inefficient. We cut the biggest percentage of the spent. So I started to have a curiosity why the printing industry was so inefficient and uh, investigated it. I found a very huge pyramid structure, subcontractors are structures. We have, in the time, we have 60 billion US dollars over market size in printing our Japanese printing industry. And um, half of them are 30 billion belong to top two enterprise, the printing enterprise uh, called Dainippon and the top firm. And uh, but the seventy to eighty percent of manufacturing power over uh, these two companies came from outsourcing our subcontractors. So that makes a huge subcontract uh, pyramid structures. So this is not on the uh, first level, the second level, or third level, sometimes at fourth and fifth. Bottom are uh, printer who are uh, print by themselves get a. Uh, just thirty uh, percent um, or forty percent imagine um, the prime printer get compared to prime uh, printer get. So the middle run get ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, and their uh, bottom smaller printer cannot you know um, survive. But uh, uh, even though they cannot uh, generate cash, they are uh, keep doing because of they have a uh, very big debt from bank and they need to you know uh, keep going. 
So uh, my idea was uh, connecting a small printers and they'll utilize their idle time on directly connecting their capacity to the end user. So we skip our middleman. This is our, uh, my first idea. So the first consulting career bring me um, the idea. And I started uh, my startup in 2009. And now Raxel is enormously large company even than what it was just a few years ago. I'd love to hear maybe a little bit more about how the company has evolved over time. Uh, I know you're talking about 10 years, but how could you encapsulate it in a nutshell? First, um, the uh, implementing area, we became our, our number one uh, top share online printer in Japan. But still, uh, compared to TAM, uh, the total TAM, our share is... Uh, I think just some one percent or two percent uh like that. Still the penetration of um online uh, is not uh you know uh much high. And there also we only access uh, to the paper based printing. But the our uh, printing uh, is not only paper based. Carbon board, uh, like our Amazon books, uh, or the T-shirts, or the tablet, or yeah, many things is customized for uh, corporate uh, with the corporate logos. So printing itself are uh, sounder shrinking uh, slightly, but the customized goods are increasing. Okay. So the market for customized goods are uh, itself is increasing, and uh, we. Two things. One is that we we're gonna accelerate our uh, the penetration. So still, customer use the uh, traditional printer. So we uh, replace it. And the second one is uh, we expand uh, our printing uh, concept to our non-paper based product. It's a customized printing. So uh, these two are uh, we should do for the next ten years. So this is our, our first things. And uh, the second aspect is that uh, we have a 1 million SMBs account uh, of uh, marketing. So the number of 1 million is the biggest in Japan. We, we have the bigger sales marketing budget, uh, more than Likulut uh, in Japan. So we have a very strong customer base, especially for SMBs. The pain point is not uh, only, you know, um, paper-based printing or uh, customized printing. What they want to do uh, is uh, they get a customer more quickly and uh, effectively. And uh, they, what they won't do is, uh, of course, uh, they would like to digital more and uh, we can provide uh, um, the digital tool, marketing tool, and the CRM tool. And there also, the, uh, we started uh, Novacell, uh, which is a TV commercial. In Japan, still uh, TV commercial uh, works well because uh, we have uh, just our um, uh, five to seven national channel. So in US, it's a cable tab provider more than a hundred channel, but in uh, Japan, uh, we have uh, just a five to seven. So the TV commercial uh, still works well based on uh, digital measurement. So we are updating uh, this TV commercial right? because uh, we have a very strong customer base. So these are two points. One is uh, accelerate the uh, penetration. One is uh, uh, um, leveraging, leveraging our customer base. Uh, these two directions uh, is the way uh, we are going. 
And the, the third one uh, is our global expansion. So, yeah, we uh, I believe that our, uh, we have our... So this is a not sexy areas, and uh, the players don't uh, come into uh, printing. And we as only... We are uh, one of the biggest uh, online printers and uh, have the market in Asia and located in Asia. So uh, I think we can expand our uh, business to our side of Japan. So these are really pen, uh, digital penetration, the customer, the leveraging customer base and globalization. Um, so that's our direction we are doing uh, for the next 10 years. Excellent. And there's maybe a maybe a deeper level question that I'd like to ask is you have this mission statement called Better Systems, Better World. And you if if I'm correct, you created that at the very outset of Raxel, like in the very early years, Better Systems, Better World. Can you just help me understand wh- what you mean by that and why is it so important to you? Yeah. So this is our story our uh, over uh, Japan. Civilization uh, started a uh, hundred fifty years ago. So, uh, until our uh, eighteen sixty, uh, we had a uh, Edo era, uh, which is our uh, you know um, the three hundred years of the emperor era, and uh, the era has finished eighteen sixteen, and uh, it was a uh, hundred fifty three years ago. In that time, many, many entrepreneurs uh, has happened is coming up and they are built a great industry, uh, like uh, um, the lathes or um, the you know, manufacturing or our finance, our bank. And so most of our um, industry uh, has uh, happened in 153 years ago. And uh, the next time uh, is uh, 1945. We so Japan, the U.S. and Japan fighted, and the Japan lost, and uh, we lost everything in that time. So um, the, our land has uh, burned out. And that time, many entrepreneurs came up, uh, like uh, um, Sony, uh, Honda, Canons. Uh, so a lot of our uh, great company are uh, started seventy or uh, land seventy five to eighty years ago, but the problem uh, is uh, the enter- entrepreneur uh, in that era uh, was great, super great. I think uh, one of the uh, golden age are uh, in Japan. But the uh, we stop uh, to change the system. We keep using the system uh, seven, seventy five years ago or one hundred fifty years ago. But our 20, our 20, 2023 are, is a totally different era uh, compared to 115 years ago. They don't have our uh, internet. They don't have laptop computers. A lot of things has changed. Uh, but in Japan, we keep using the same system. So like our uh, printing industry, I explained, is that the printing industry itself has uh, happened 100 years ago, 100, uh, London, 130 years ago. So they, our society uh, is using the same system, but we have uh, internet. We can make the uh, matching more smoothly, like Uber, Airbnb. So I did that. So we don't update our supply chains or infrastructure of the industry. So 
are lots of points to update by technology. I think after the uh, making a new uh, system uh, of the industry, everybody are uh, become happy. Our small operator get make money much more, and uh, the customer uh, can get the very uh, quick and the low cost printing easily. Everybody are happy. So we need to update. I don't like the word of disrupt, but they are yeah, disrupt or the update are, is a very are important in our society, but not so many people do that. So that's why I'm are doing it in Japan. Okay. So you believe by taking some of these old systems and leveraging things like the internet, yeah. you can improve quality of life for people and for small businesses. Right. That is our concept of a better system, better world. Okay. I'd love to hear how your role as CEO has evolved over the years. I mean, when you were first starting this, I'm sure it's a lot different than it is today. How how has that changed? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, My journey uh, over uh, entrepreneur and CEO in Laxo is... uh, at first, the until PMF or go to market, the fundraising. So we are, I did our everything. I think most of our staff, the founder uh, is a product manager and HR head and uh, the, the go to market head, CRO, uh, doing everything for our first uh, five years. And uh, after that, our uh, we raised under $17 million and we are, I started to hire the team, the CFO, COO, CMO, CTOs. And uh, I moved uh, to my management style, more as a team or leadership style, not the sing- from single leadership style. And uh, yeah, so I was not uh, good at the management because I started uh, um, my company uh, when when I was uh, 24. And uh, yeah, so I'm not uh, a good reader, good uh, meetings, a good culture. I am very strong believer from our, vis- our vision, but it didn't learn the management. Business uh, was going very, very well as uh, revenue start from $1 million, $7 million, $27 million, $51 million. But the uh, internal, internally, the team uh, is very suffering uh, of uh, no management. So I hired the more senior guy who have the experience of management. And I stopped to, uh, you know, um, stand uh, in front of, uh, you know, uh, customer or as a very uh, leading type of leadership. So... Uh, make our team, and uh, uh, I started to make a system uh, to the company, like a hiring system or a measurement system, uh, motivating uh, to the team. So uh, I changed my uh, management style from very on-ground type of leadership to the architecture uh, of the company. And uh, mm. yeah, so I uh, most the for the next five years to ten years in 2018, we our company went to public, and there in that time I started our ideas and the higher I spent most of the time to the hiring and uh, making a team and uh, start our new business like our Uber for a truck or uh, Novacell, which is a connecting TV or service. So as our uh, entrepreneur, I started at zero to one, and at the same time. I'm spending most of my time to uh, empower the organization, the uh, architecture uh, of uh, your corporate itself. So that is the next five years. 
And uh, uh, in that time, uh, the uh, COVID uh, hit it to our companies. Invest can understand that uh, our business has uh, a very big effect from COVID. So our revenue uh, dropped down forty uh, percent. I started to uh, back to our companies and started our, our cost cutting. Uh, at the same time, I felt that our um, business structure is not resilient uh, to the uh, you know cyclical event because our, most of our, our customers spend their marketing budget to Luxor. It's Luxor and Novacell. And Hakobel, uh, which is a Uber for print truck business, are we uh, created? Most of our, uh, these businesses are related to the growth of GDP. I feel that we need to uh, make our business more resilient to the uh, recessions. So that's why I started Joshis, uh, which is our uh, IT cloud and uh, device management platform. It sounds like you recognize that you weren't a very good manager and you took a back seat to that position and you, it actually sounds like you applied your mission statement of better systems, better world to your internal operations. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I really like our system and the uh, people are, is always are affected by our, its system. So country system, corporate system, uh, lots of system are, is existing. And uh, so what we should do are, is making the system, even though me itself are, I'm affected by this system. So system design, system is not software. System is a you know, social system or a corporate system. It makes a big impact to the people. I really like the uh, the water, uh, water bridge, Ray Dario, and uh, he uh, wrote the principle. And uh, mm. yeah, he says that uh, he insisted on the importance of the system, how he created our system. So, um, Better system, better world uh, is a mantra and vision uh, of us. I'm an architecture on this company and I'm an entrepreneur uh, in this company. Mm -hmm. How do you get that mission statement of better systems, better world? How do you get that down into the DNA of all of your employees? Yeah. So, um, or, it, or is it not there out of curiosity? Yeah. I, I make a lot of effort to um, deliver this message uh, to our employees. This is a very meta and conceptual, uh, but uh, I'm very strong believer that the system uh, should be, you know, updated or improved uh, every day, every day. Every Monday, I'm conducting a Zoom meeting with all uh, 500 employees. And uh, so what's the system are we changed? What's the system we had or we had uh, been changed? And uh, how the uh, world uh, getting better? Uh, for example, the printer uh, we are working with, uh, is, uh, they changed around their uh, lifestyle. Their CEOs or employees changed their lifestyle because of our, um, the system we make. So everybody needs our explanation, a very concrete explanation to figure out uh, what's our system we change, how we uh, make the world a better place. It's a very uh, high level, um, the our mission statement, but uh, it happened in reality. So uh, 
I remember um, story terror of what's uh, how we changed uh, world and how we changed the system. The mission statement uh, came when I was a uh, college student. Uh, I was a uh, backpacking guide and uh, went to more than 50 countries like North America, South America, um, the China, uh, Mid India, or, or East Asia, um, Europe. And they found that uh, different company has a different system and they have uh, their own uh, common sense. And uh, but the people are is always affected the system, and uh, also at the same time, uh, the Steve Jobs did a great speech in Stanford at the 2006, and the speech affected me a lot. And uh, yeah, so the software has a very big power to empower the people or the change the world. And also each of the country, each of the corporate uh, has a different type of system. Inside the country, people have a different uh, mindset or um, common sense. In the time, so people is always follow on this uh, system. I found out uh, the uh, truth when I was a college student, uh, when I was during uh, backpacking. And uh, I decided to, you know, change the system by using the software internet. Yeah. Mm. Mm. How do you think about, so you have Raxel, the printing segment, which is driving the majority of Raxel's gross profit. And you have these various newer business segments that you're trying to build up that have a lot of potential how do you think about balancing your focus between this main driver of revenue of gross profits versus these other ones that have a lot of potential that don't have as much traction? Last year, uh, we announced the new term, quality growth. Uh, this is our, our directions. So uh, we are uh, not the company urban cash. We are the uh, company our generator uh, cash flow, almost on 20% of ROEs and the uh, but even though uh, we don't generate uh, much bigger cash to that because uh, we need to invest, as I explained. So uh, Japan is a very limited market. So this is a very different point of our U.S. startup. So uh, if we are uh, invest a single point in the market, uh, we can win uh, in the market. But the market size uh, is a... Uh, smaller than U.S. So that's why U.S. investor thinks that the single focus are, is the best. And uh, I agree uh, if the, our business is uh, going to the global outside of Japan. That is a uh, really makes sense. But the business, we are operating um single country, the only Japan. Japan is a huge market, but uh, um, there's a limitation. We need to expand our uh, business domain slightly similar the different, similar but slightly different areas. So we need to keep investing around these are uh, our business expansions. Uh, but there, mm-hmm. um, as a portfolio, um, we have our discipline uh, that we are uh, we committed the twenty percent of our ROEs. Or it uh, means that we generate cash and we start uh, we control the ROE or uh, capital efficiency. Or uh, even though we invest our uh, new business. The printing are, is not sexy, but to generate a very rich cash. Um, so uh, we announced that uh, uh, this year uh, we can generate almost uh, 3 billion yen of 
EBTA and uh, our stock option um, commitment is uh, 4 billion uh, yen over EBTA. So uh, I think uh, this is a very short term and uh, in the mid to long term, we are, I believe that we can generate our twice or three times than current level. So uh, that is very uh, cash rich. And uh, even though uh, small, we are grow uh, 50, around 50% value-on-buy growth uh, at this moment compared to last year. I think we should invest our, our new business uh, because of uh, the uh, hitting to the ceiling or uh, in the future. That is a preparation for that. But uh, at the same time, uh, we are keep the discipline uh, to the capital efficiency. So this is our style uh, of uh, our investment and uh, creating our, the, our cash efficiency and the investing. How do you ensure that the new businesses that you're investing in don't dilute the returns that you can possibly generate? Like the, the printing business could easily generate 40 or 50% returns on equity, which is crazy to say. And, and you're suppressing that so that you can invest in some of these growth areas. But how do you ensure that these new growth areas are going to produce high returns on equity, returns on capital? Better system, better world is our mission statement. And uh, I think uh, even though the uh, industry, uh, which is very competitive or um, non-high uh, margin rate, if we change the approach like a printing, um, so we can generate our uh, very rich cash and uh, uh, you know, uh, customer customer experience are, is decided by manual operation, very uh, intensive, but manual improvement. But we bring the technology to the industry, we can change the, our customer experience um, a lot. So the our criteria to our invest, uh, for the investigation, the criteria is a wine's a big market. Even in Japan, I prefer the uh, industry which has more than twenty billion USD or uh, um, market size. And uh, the second wine is uh, competition. Uh, it seems to be very competitive, uh, but uh, no technology player in the industry, uh, we can much better uh, than these competitors. And these competitors can be applied to us. So no competitor uh, as a tech uh, player. And uh, this third one, uh, is, uh, this is a uh, take value from uh, logistics business. Logistics, logistics we uh, started our Uber for truck business, uh, like a convoy in US in uh, 2016. And uh, uh, we conducted the business for uh, six years. And uh, uh, we decided to make the let's see, company with the joint venture with uh, Sano, uh, which is uh, one of the biggest mm-hmm. logistics companies. So our share is a 49% and Sano has a 51%. So why we decided this decision is uh, two point. One is a very heavy sales and their non-logistics company cannot get into uh, this industry very easily. And the second one is very big, very low margin. So generally speaking, the Japanese logistics distributor is not EPL. It's a distributor get just a 5% of the gross margin. It's a GMP uh, compared to the GMP. So that's a quite small. And uh, uh, we generate our 
around 20%, 15 to 20% of gross margin. But we leveraged their technology a lot. And uh, we made our, our very big success to generate a very uh, good profit in the industry. But for the customer, they're very uh, price sensitive. We need a certain level of gross margins. And, but to get the certain level of gross margins, the industry uh, is not attractive uh, so much. That is a big takeaway. And the big market and our non-tech player tend to level over uh, gross margin. Uh, the industry itself can generate. So this is our um, yeah criteria. Okay, that's great. For these businesses that you are starting, how do you go about establishing key performance indicators or KPIs for them at the earliest stage possible? Key metrics is their repeat rate uh, for the second purchase. So this is a very very vivid, sensitive KPI uh, for our business. So of course, uh, there's a, as a top line, at the marketing level, our uh, ROIS is our key metrics. Uh, we need to improve the LORS. And uh, um, the in profit rate, the uh, gross margin rate uh, is a key metrics. We can improve, uh, we can uh, improve our gross margin rate because to provide the consulting service to the, our partner. So our, our partner can uh, improve their productivity uh, with our advice. And also we are doing the our bulk purchase of papers. Uh, we distribute paper uh, because of, we have a big buying power, paper, inks, or uh, the silver freight. So gross margin are, is uh, our key metrics for supply chains, the manufacturing layer. And uh, but the uh, our 95% of revenue came from li- recurring, it's our um, repeat customers. And there uh, to our major repeat customer, percentage of the second purchasement are, is a key, especially the, in our two months, the next month. So we call it F2R frequency two months uh, repeat rate. The most important key metrics. It's like a churn rate for a SaaS company because our, you know, it's a, our service is a, a B2B. It's a for SMB service. Once the SMB start to use our Ruxel, they don't stop because the demand of their procurement is continuous. So usually um, the customer keep buying every month or every week or every days. The, even the small player, they are making purchase every month or at least at a time of three months. If the R is uh, the repeat, you know, recurring revenue or key metrics. So, and of course the uh, codes are, we have a metrics, uh, but the, if you choose me uh, to the primary one, it's our uh, repeat rate. It's FCR. Okay. Okay. Great. So the Raxul printing segment will produce approximately 10 billion yen of gross profits this year. Can you help me understand what competitive advantages the printing segment has that will allow you to continue to produce these cash flows into the future? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, is, uh, uh, it sounds like a luxury business doesn't have a, a high uh, 
market uh, barrier. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of our questions from investors as our uh, IPO, but uh, we keep increasing our share. Is that there's no competitor uh, uh, get inter- enter uh, this market back to last ten years because uh, we are got win. So what's the barrier in this market? It's a uh, more manufacturing like. It's a run or one things or is there the biggest one uh, is there uh, scale merit mm. for products uh, important barrier proposition or is a price leadership in this market so uh, the price are is a very important to uh, realize the price and get the 30 percent margin you need to uh, improve your efficiency and uh, to improve the efficiency, this is uh, not software company like this, a more manufacturing company likes. So uh, as I said, uh, we are we are uh, we provide our uh, paper to the printers. So we make our bark purchase from the global paper companies. We are one of the biggest paper buyer in Japan. And we provide the paper with a very low price to the printer because the paper is so one of the biggest cost item in printing and also the production rate uh, phase we need our, uh, the printer need a lot of uh, kaizen approach so we send our consultant to our consultant to the printers and the consultant have a time watch and their uh, measures are how seconds uh, they take for you know bring the paper to place a to place b or we change the phrase um, of the machine, we change the design. And sometimes we change the compensation incentive, uh, introduce an incentive model uh, to the manufacturing fa- uh, factory, so uh, to the labor, because uh, they didn't award it, uh, even though they uh, did a great job. So we change our uh, pumps, um, the our evaluation system are more performance uh, based and uh, Award-based, trust-based. So the lay factory labor uh, uh, change their mind and uh, get a motivation and uh, going to do the uh, better job. So that is uh, also very important as uh, our competitive advantage, and that makes a uh, very productive, strong productivity, the high productivity uh, for the printing, and uh, also uh, for the uh, get the scale merit. Uh, you need a uh, at least are uh, a hundred million uh, USD uh, of revenue size. So, uh, if you get the this demand, uh, you need to spend uh, I I think more than um, two hundred million dollars or three hundred million dollars uh, for just our uh, uh, marketing. It's stupid uh, to get the uh, market, the small uh, the market to to get the market to spend our uh, two hundred million dollars. It's a printing market. No one thinks that. So. Um, you need a customer. You need a. Uh, you need to improve the uh, manufacturing process. It's a kaizen approach, so no one does that. Yeah. So if I understand you correctly, you're saying your primary advantage is in having scale and in being able to acquire supplies like paper at a cheaper total price, and being able to offer that to the customer in a lower price than maybe some of these competitors. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. 
So, and uh, let me add one point. Many of the printers want to do that, but uh, and uh, uh, indeed uh, they uh, enter this market and uh, try to make the best efficiency, and uh, uh, they uh, realize a uh, uh, good uh, price. But the problem is that they don't have a software engineer. They uh, cannot make the software. So. We are internet company. It's a software company. We have we had our we have our 150 engineer in Japan, Vietnam, India, and they're very um, smart. And they're like a, usually um, previous companies are like a Google, Amazon, or some Mercari, uh, or mm. yeah, these are talents are come to our company and they're uh, doing a great job. But the manufacturing company don't cannot uh, do that, cannot hire them. But even though our internet company uh, don't deep dive into the uh, operations, very heavy operations, because we're, it's uh, mm-hmm. not so sexy and the people don't sound... Uh, I, I don't want to be a printing guy, everybody said. But I, I'm a printing guy. Yeah, so th- this is a yeah. hybrid of uh, <laughs> the software technology. Yeah, yeah. When you refer to the software, you're talking about the design tools that people can use to go design like their flyers, t-shirts, things like that, right? Yeah, it's our design, cut, our payment, and our uh, storage of data. It's a very basic e-commerce, yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't aware that Raxul had like a consulting type of relationship with these printing companies, but so it sounds like you get them to be a supplier into Raxul, but you also help them manage their businesses or streamline their operations or things like that. Is that what you do? Yeah. So uh, we are we help on um, their business and their uh, yeah you know we help them procurement and uh, the productions and uh, sometimes HR system. For improve our business, uh, we don't uh, support uh, the consulting service to the their business. We support uh, their business for us. Okay, great. So I- I'd love to pivot to talk a little bit more about NovaCell. Can you help me understand what is the value that NovaCell provides? What is the system that NovaCell is improving? Uh, Novacell is uh, uh, the core barrier uh, of Novacell uh, is a measurement uh, over TV commercial investment. So traditionally, we um, the other agency don't uh, measure the uh, ROI uh, of our investment. Uh, what they report to client is uh, after their uh, promotion campaign, how much recognition of the product increased. Uh, that's uh, only the index uh, they reported. But the recognition is not directly connecting the uh, revenue or, you know, just how their report is uh, on, on top of that. Consumer feel uh, love uh, to the product. Uh, it's a uh, uh, sense of um, good, uh, the consumer goodness. So, uh, but our, our approach is a totally different. So we major, uh, we make our TV commercial art more uh, like a digital art. So we usually use uh, how many such are mobile search or laptop search are you get or in Yahoo or Google, and uh, how many the website running customer you can get. 
Uh, this is a more direct uh, report. So it uh, directly works, works uh, for the uh, software internet company. Uh, and uh, at the same time, even though uh, retailer uh, like uh, 7-Elevens or Lawson's or, or the, uh, car dealers, Toyotas, uh, Honda, Nissan's, they can uh, use our, uh, our measurement, the Novacell, uh to understand our effectiveness uh, over a uh, campaign uh, because our, our customer, once our customer gets the uh, interesting, uh, they are search uh, by mobile and their digital uh, will be increased. So our, our core value is a measurement of the promotion campaign. And uh, not only measure your own uh, campaign effect, but uh, compared to your, if you as a, a Toyota guy, or you can compare to your campaign to Nissan, Honda, and uh, the Mercedes or BMW. So you, uh, we have the data uh, of all uh, TV commercial campaign in Japan, how much of the traffic uh, they can get. We can provide the information by industrial cut or competitor cut or, yeah. So that is a quite new in TV commercial uh, industry uh, in Japan. Uh, as, uh, I don't know US, but uh, in Japan, uh, that is a very new and uh, customer, uh, our customer prefer to understand their ROI uh, much more. Mm. Yeah, so that is our, our core value and the technology we provide to customer. Just to make sure I understand, you are producing an advertisement for customers and you're delivering it over the television network. You're not delivering like a Facebook ad or a Google ad. Yeah, so actually uh, what we do is uh, two things. It's a traditional agency. It's a, a video creation, create, creating a videos and uh, um, the broadcasting their contents to the our nationwide Japan. This is a traditional agency uh, model. And the next one is our improvement. So uh, we measure the effect and the improves the effect and their propose uh, next campaign by uh, to get much more ROI. And uh, our, what, what you mentioned is our digital art, uh, like our, our Facebook or YouTube. Yeah, actually we started uh, this business very small, small, small size. And uh, uh, we will expand our, the digital because our mm-hmm. TV commercial and digital are both of them use just our, our videos, 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Uh, so we can use uh, the content both, and we can measure the same approach. So we started our our, our business to expand our, the our digital uh, movie art. Help me understand, maybe, how do you think about potential competitive advantages for Novacell, kind of in this in this space? Like, can someone else create something like this? Is somebody else creating something like this? How does Novacell differentiate itself going forward? Uh, thanks. In our Japan, uh, after we launched uh, this business, uh, some of our, our competitors um, entered this market. 
but the di- big differentiation uh, is the data. Um, so how to get the big data? Uh, like, our, so we are record uh, every the TV broadcasting nationwide Japan. We have uh, totally 110 broadcasting companies, the local, uh, including a, a lot of local. And we record uh, every the broadcasting and they cut the only ad uh, ad uh, space and there uh, we are matching the data uh, to the you know such queries and uh, uh, this is uh, just one example uh, but uh, these data uh, can uh, provide us propose uh, much more uh, efficient the video promotions. So mm. uh, yeah, again, the technology uh, is a big differentiation. Okay. Lastly, in terms of the different segments, I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about Josis. What is Josis and what was the idea to create it? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so mission of Josis is uh, automating the complexity out of employee IT lifecycle, MSP space, uh, managed our service provider space. Josis are uh, helped IT or management uh, uh, MSPs over their uh, headache or uh, over onboarding and offboarding for employees. It means that they're including our device and their SaaS. Why I started a bis- uh, this business uh, is uh, after the COVID. The uh, COVID COVID uh, hit our business a lot. Uh, 40% of revenue are uh, lost uh, after two months later. And there, uh, I need to uh, start a cost cutting very intensively. I start, stopped the uh, marketing cost uh, with 98%, and uh, um, more than 60% of our engineer contractors we st- stopped. But uh, in terms of IT, we could not uh, reduce the cost, uh, especially for outsourcing. Uh, because uh, people start to uh, work from home and the uh, SaaS blur has happened. So um, the complexity uh, over um, the IT operation has increased. And uh, also in terms of uh, you know, our cybersecurity, uh, we need to care. And the operation at the uh, IT expense are getting uh, bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, so our IT team uh, has a lot of uh, challenge after the COVID because our uh, environment uh, of IT has changed. So what uh, we do is uh, help IT or MSP uh, after the COVID era. With our single click, uh, you can provide the uh, laptop procurement, kitting, delivery, or the um, pl- our provision, provisioning our um, a hundred apps uh, with a different level of access control, and you can, or if you are the um, uh, CIO over ten thousand or employees company, or you can see, uh, figure out the or who have the what kind of access control, and uh, including a subsidiary, you can figure out uh, how many uh, IDs are you have a contract, how much. Um, does it cost? And uh, yeah, you can optimize it very uh, with a single click. So Gartner says that twenty five percent of your uh, SaaS ID is not used, so you can reduce your IT cost. So that is our, our service and why I started after the COVID. 
the IT, the environment of IT or work style of working style for um, workforce has changed a lot. So uh, we are making the infrastructure to support the distributed working style. Okay. I think it's so interesting. And you've talked about this a few times now about the Japanese ecosystem being so small that you kind of need to create more businesses rather than just be one business. Where, Whereas in the United States, if Raxul, the printing business, was created in the United States, you would have left Raxul... <laughs> the printing business in the United States to create Hako Bell. And then you would have left to create Novacell. Uh, and then you would have left to create Josis. Uh, you know, you would have been a serial entrepreneur. Yet you get to build this single company here in Japan and still exercise this entrepreneurial muscles. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So um, one part is um, I'm envying over US uh, because of a high liquidity of the talent. But there, at the same time, I'm proud of Japan uh, because uh, people are very um, stick to one company and they are, uh, we can share our uh, vision and mission and uh, spend their time more than uh, five years, 10 years, sometimes uh, 15 years with our, our very strong passion. So the biggest reason, uh, we don't have much pleasure or the, this is a very uh, common st- common style uh, of Japan. So you look at Lactin or look at uh, the software or look at uh, Yahoo, um, Z Holdings, uh, they're doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And they are um, not uh, so unique. But uh, uh, why so uh, that is uh, not unique and in yours that is a very, um, you know, strange uh, is there when the market size are so we are, as I explained, um, the second uh, is uh, liquidity or uh, tolerant. So our uh, people is not, uh, you know, move so much. I was very surprised that uh, I started our hiring uh, in Silicon Valley or Singapore and uh, it's just so many parents there were, and uh, especially in this time, <laughs> this is a special situation. But uh, yeah, people are is moving and uh, with a very strong passion and speciality. So I understood that uh, why so serial entrepreneur um, is uh, easy to make their new company. Uh, because of, uh, so in Japan, hiring is uh, super difficult. And there people don't have uh, so much speciality or in terms of their uh, management, in terms of their, yeah, you know, marketing or product management or engineering. So that makes our Japan more, you know, multi business frame because we are creator asset and we have a very strong belief and the connections and bonding and because uh, it takes a very big time. Uh, much more time than yours. So that's why I'm doing the business in, inside the single company. And on straight, I like the luxury lots. This is my part of my life. Mm. That gets to a little bit of the, the next question is, in this phase of Raxol's growth, are you still enjoying being the CEO, You know your day-to-day type of role? Do you still get enjoyment out of it? Ah, uh, yeah. So... Uh, uh, in terms of our, our position, I'm not sticking so much. Uh, what's the we are doing the ballet group uh, type of leadership. Uh, I'm not the uh, very uh, strong mm-hmm. uh, CEOs and their uh, report right to the SVP or uh, EVP. 
Um, so yeah, we we are we, we of course are uh, have the report right uh, under me, but uh, uh, this is more you know it's a group uh, leadership time type, and there um, the yo CFO is a very good at uh, controlling the portfolio, and they're uh, you know uh, setting a target. The Masaki CMO, uh, who is a Nova CEO of Novacell, uh, is leading a Novacell business. The Kozo, uh, who is a COO, uh, and they are the head of uh, uh, printing business and their um, leader printing unit. And they are, I'm more, you know, the two types. One is a visionary and a storyteller uh, to the teams. Second uh, is an entrepreneur, or uh, zero to one. So me, I'm committing to the make our strong cultures and keep the uh, very visionary culture. And they're also um, keep uh, creating their um, new business. So uh, especially uh, the things uh, we didn't uh, do. So Joshi uh, is a very global business um, and a global team. And this is a new challenge. And they're, yeah, so usually the, um, that's uh, more likely for founders and that type. So I'm doing that. Mm. I can echo having spoken with Yo probably a dozen times now that uh he's a good cfo uh having spoken with hundreds of cfos he's he's a, a very good exceptional cfo yeah he's great i'm really proud of him and i'm very appreciate uh he's our uh, part of laxo and i really heartily trust him yeah yeah maybe just to wrap up if we think about the next five years for Raxel, or maybe even 10 years, whichever time frame you want to use, what are the things that matter to you most over that time frame? Yeah, um, the, at first, our tips are, are very visionary companies and they are high as a torrent uh, who are, have the emphasis to um, empathy uh, to their vision. So that's one thing. And the second thing is that uh, in printing our industry, printing business, uh, we are still small. And there, I believe there's a huge opportunity uh, to expand our business uh, in here to next five years or 10 years. So because our, uh, the printing industry still has uh, 5 trillion yen, it's our land uh, 450 billion uh, USD like that. And uh, that's a huge. And we have just our, our in printing in our industry, we have just a 300 million uh, 300, 330 billion yen uh, means uh, 250 uh, million USD over revenue. So, so 0.5% for like that. So, mm. yeah, I believe that there is a huge opportunity to expand our business or uh, implementing industry. And uh, But the penetration pace is not easily to control. So uh, we are expanding our slightly different business. So um, from the uh, point of our um, talent view, uh, we need to keep entrepreneurial culture in the Laxo. So that is a challenge uh, I'm doing. Even though implementing business, I want everybody to be an entrepreneur because uh, this is a still small and they have a big opportunity to expand. So that's our, our second thing, so keep our growing uh, of a printing business and keep the entrepreneurial uh, mindset inside our organization. And third one is a globalization I mentioned. 
So yeah, mm. why I we need to expand so different market is there because of our the limitation of the market. So once we make our success and there we change our organization more globally, we can focus much, much more uh, to the single point. Mm. Yeah, so that's really uh, the challenge. Okay. Okay. Well, this is this has been fantastic. I've learned so much. I, I guess just a, a closing question. Is, is there anything that I haven't brought up that you think's just you think's just important to understand? Yeah, they are very important to uh, understand for the, uh, I, I request to investors that are uh, very important things. is uh, One, uh, printing, uh, we can expand the printing much more. And uh, two, uh, we have a very strong discipline uh, for the uh, finance, the uh, PL and the BS. So keep growing in printing industry and we generate, we keep our high growth and we keep, we are going to generate our enough cash flow. These two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you very much, Jake. Okay. All right. Thank you.